you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are having a good day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. So if you're not black and intelligent, you may want to leave because this is not the conversation for you. Uh, I want to talk about Beyonce. Beyonce had uh, this interesting uh, incident with her brand, Ivy Park. Uh, Ivy Park uh, was accused of black fishing, uh, which is basically blackface. I mean, it's a, it's a type of blackface that is used where uh, some might call it uh, cultural appropriation, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I saw this and I, I took interest in this because a lot of us don't understand how black fishing, blackface, stuff like that is actually linked to the extraction of black wealth, how black wealth is actually stolen from blackface incidents like this. And so um, I don't know if Beyonce is going to hear this or not, uh, but this is not a diss on Beyonce, not a diss on Ivy Park. Uh, Beyonce is awesome. I think Beyonce is a great performer, but I think that this is an opportunity for us to talk about how we got to where we are right now as a people and how we can learn from this situation. So we're going to get started in one second. Hit the thumbs up button, get comfortable. Uh, let's break it down right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Voice Watkins. Welcome to DrVoiceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Um, I want to show uh, you all something that, or talk to you all about something that a lot of people uh, we're discussing online and uh, they were talking about it from one angle and I want to come in and actually talk about it from a different angle. Uh, you guys know I'm big on black wealth. I understand wealth pretty well. That's my thing. And uh, and I, I saw this conversation about about black fishing and uh, basically Beyonce, uh, who, you know, I think as far as, um, you know, most, uh, you know, celebrity citizens are concerned, uh, does a good job uh, in terms of uh, of really, you know, presenting herself well and, and uh, really handling herself in an appropriate way in public. Um, Beyonce was accused uh, of something that really got my attention where it came down to this interesting uh, discussion about whether or not uh, she was actually allowing some of the models on Ivy Park uh, to engage in a type of blackface uh, where, you know how it is, where, where they will go and uh, pretend to be black girls. Everybody want to be black except when it's time to be black. And, uh, and I saw these two Russian models that were... Um, you know, that, that were basically, uh, you know, on one of the Ivy Park ads. I think Ivy Park is her clothing line or her, you know, fashion brand or something like that. And uh, and, and and here's the picture that kind of got my attention. I'm, I'm going to sh show you guys this picture. And I want you to tell me if you think that this picture is blackface or not. So let me uh, let me pull this picture up. And uh, you tell me if you think that this model should be accused of using blackface. If you're watching on Instagram, you won't see it. Uh, but uh, if you're not, if you're watching on drboystv.com, you can see it right there. So tell me, give me a yes or no in the chat if you think I'm gonna enlarge the picture. Uh, I don't know this, the name of this lady. Her name is somewhere around. But tell me, do you think that a person who uh, looks like this on the left can look like this on the right? Uh, she looks very, very dark uh, in the second picture. Um, she looks. She was very. Um, light in the other picture, almost so white that she looks super pale, almost uh, she looked like a white woman 
and then suddenly she becomes uh, pretty ethnic, pretty ethnic. I, I don't know what type of vitamins you, you take to uh, go from no melanin at all to having all the melanin, but but uh, she, and then also you see the hair, the hair's long and stringy, you know, kind of what you expect. And then it becomes curly and beautiful and bouncy and, you know, Afro sheenish almost. Uh, so what do you think? Give me a yes or no. Do you think, does that look like blackface to you? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and so the reason I ask that question is because, you know, this is deeper than just style and fashion. A lot of people uh, were concerned about this because uh, they get upset when they see other people stealing black people's style when they see other people kind of um stepping out and 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 basically doing things that you typically that you typically see black people do um and they were mad about that and I get that right I totally get that I understand that um actually the women that were discussing this this issue that was their concern they kind of feel like uh I, I, there, there's something there where uh women legitimately get very offended when other people want to go and pretend to be the black girl, uh, when it's tough to be black, right? It's tough to be black. Nobody wants to be black except for when it's profitable. All right. So, so here's the deal. Um, I, the reason I wanted to talk about this, this issue is, and the reason I agree with them is because, you know, when you see cultural appropriation, uh, we see people kind of taking, uh, black style and culture or whatever, and using it for themselves. It's, it's not just so much about stealing style. Actually, you could argue that it's also about taking wealth. It's about taking wealth. Now, why is that? Well, let me give you an example. I, I had a conversation with a guy who um, who ran a very famous, very well-respected brand that uh, that a lot of kids in the hood love. And uh, one thing that he said to me that really got my attention is he said that we pay very close attention to what the uh, inner city black male does uh, with his time. Like whatever he likes, whatever he is, um, whatever he thinks is fashionable is what we think is fashionable because we know that wherever he goes, the rest of the world is going to go, right? We also know that, for example, in hip-hop music, which was created by Black people, that there were people all around the world who uh, copy hip-hop, who love hip-hop, right? Hip-hop became a multi-trillion dollar industry, and there were people who um, basically watch what rappers did and watch what Black people were doing in the South Bronx and they were able to make a trillion dollars off this. Literally, I'm sure they made well over a trillion dollars by now. So this is what you call cultural capital. Cultural capital is anything produced by your culture, your community that can be utilized in order to make a profit. Right. Uh, so for us, it might be our music. Uh, you know, Dr. Claude Anderson was um, speaking earlier today and he explained that when white people came to America, they didn't have much music. They didn't have much going on in terms of entertainment. Black people were the ones who had the rhythm and the music and everything else. White people just kind of had weird dances and, and this boring music that they created, I guess, because they spent all the time like making weapons and stuff like that. So um, so so here's the deal. Uh, you know, you, you get to a point where you have to ask these these hard questions. And and I know people were pretty hard on Beyonce. I'm going to actually show you a screenshot of of a conversation that happened when she put the two Russian white girls on the on the on the page. I, I kind of felt bad for them, but I didn't. Uh, let, let me show you. Let me see if I can find uh, the, find the page here. Give me a second, because uh, I, I think it's important for you guys to kind of see how the conversation went so we can see how the conversation needs to go. Um, if you look here, uh, here we go. This is it. This is the page. OK, so you see here that, you know, on this page, he, you know, she put the two Russian girls up there. 
Uh, they're looking pretty ethnic, looking like, you know, Shaquita and Sh Shawanda. And um, and basically a lot of the Beyonce fans who typically love her are basically saying, I hope you all delete this. Um, SMH, y'all have lost your damn mind. You know, that type of thing. Right. So people are pretty upset. Now, the two women in the picture, uh, two Russian women, they, they wrote a rebuttal. They kind of doubled down on their position and they kind of explained themselves and said, this is ridiculous. You're overreacting. Um, I, and that's, that's fine. They deserve to be heard. But I also think that their overreaction was driven by the fact that they don't understand where black people are coming from. Uh, they don't understand uh, what black people are feeling, knowing that a very wealthy country was built on our backs. Like they don't know what it feels like to have trillions of dollars in wealth stolen from you that people are flaunting in front of you and making you beg to get a seat at the table when your people, your ancestors built that table. So, um, so here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to ask you all a question. And, and so and let's flip the race around so we can kind of see see this a little more clearly. So I want to ask you this question. So let, let's talk about Ivy Park. Ivy Park is Beyonce's company. I'm sure they have great products and stuff like that. Um, and this is no diss on Ivy Park, not a diss on Beyonce. It's really to help us gain clarity on this. So I want you I want to ask you this question. So so Ivy Park is a company run by Beyonce and Jay-Z, apparently. And, and I'm sure they have partners that uh, basically takes urban culture, black culture, pretty much. And they market that to the world. And the consumers of this culture are mostly non-black people, right? But black people provide the core ingredient to allow the Ivy Park business model to work. This model does not work without black people. It's just like an election. Uh, you know, you can't get you can't get elected as a Democrat without black people. Black people get you put into office. That's why all the black people are bragging about how we got Joe Biden into office and Kamala Harris and all that, right? So, so the key ingredient to this whole machine is black people and black culture. You need that in order for this to work. Yes or no? Do you agree? Give me a yes or no if you follow what I'm saying. Okay, so black people provide the key ingredient. Um, now, I want you to imagine, uh, instead of imagining Ivy Park, which is a black company run by a black woman that uses black culture, imagine a Chinese company that's run by a Chinese man that uh, that 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 uh, basically sells Chinese culture to the world, right? So, so, they, so they go to China, they get uh, their validation from from Chinese people, and they market Chinese products to the rest of the world, and, and they're modeling these products. And let's say that instead of modeling with a Chinese person, they model with a black person, or they use, or they get a white person to spray their their face yellow, right? Do you think? Give me a yes or no. Yes or no. Do you think that the Chinese people, the Chinese fans of this brand, would be happy with that imagery? Do you think that the Chinese community would say yes? That's it. You know, yes, you know, that's so awesome. You've got a white guy, you spray, you, you, you spray paint in his face, banana yellow or whatever. And, uh, and, and he's wearing Chinese clothing, pretending to be a Chinese person, right? Now, now mind you, there's, there's a hundred Chinese people, a thousand Chinese people trying to get that job who would love to model Chinese clothes for their hero, for their icon, who's running the company, right? The Chinese Beyonce, right? Everybody wants to work with, with Beyonce, I'm sure, right? Uh, so do you think the Chinese people would go for that? Do you think that they would say, that's really great, this is progress, this is awesome? Or do you think they'd say, oh, it's no big deal? Who cares? Who cares who plays the Chinese guy? You can get anybody, right? No, they, they wouldn't allow that, right? So, so that right there, I hope, uh, helps you to com convince you to at least understand the point of view of those who are disturbed by this idea of finding white women, making them brown, and getting them to pretend to be black women when there are black women who would love to go model for Beyonce, right? I I'm sure if I said to you, do you, does anybody in here know a black woman who would love to model Ivy Park clothes for Beyonce? You probably know at least 10 people, 
right? Because we love our celebrities. We worship our celebrities. That's what it is. So, so, so now that we've established that and we've established the, 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 that this is not appropriate, this ain't cool. If it's not cool for the, for Chinese people, it's not cool for white people. It, should, it shouldn't be cool for you, right? I know you're, a lot of us uh, as black folks, we're used to the rules, rules changing for black people. We're used to, uh, you know, one set of rules applying to the rest of the world, another set of rules applying to us. We're used to us being expected to accept a type of disrespect that other people would never tolerate in a million years, right? I know that people are used to that because many of us are trained to be white supremacists, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to ask you to suspend your imagination and to, for some, for just a moment, imagine that black people are at least equal to everybody else. Now, I believe black people are superior. I believe native black Americans have something in our DNA that makes us very special because there's no group of people on earth that can say that my ancestors survived the slave dungeons. They survived the Middle Passage. They survived 250 years of the most brutal slavery known to man. Mankind. And then they survived 100 years of Jim Crow, 40 years of Joe Biden mass incarceration, and they still came out shining. There's nobody else on the on earth who can say that. And your dominance shows everywhere. Everywhere you're allowed to shine, you outshine everybody else. We know this, right? But let's assume that we're at least equal. So, so here's the other thing. Here's the thing here, right? Or here's the question. Okay. So hit the thumbs up button, by the way. Please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And also you can follow me on Instagram at the real boys walking. So feel free to follow me. Um, I made contact with Sean King today. So hopefully I can get Sean King to come through and do a one-on-one uh, because I'd love to hear what Sean King has to say. He's been kind of getting into it with some people and stuff and I, and I support what he's doing. So, so Sean King is an interesting example, right? That's a guy that I, I've heard all the criticism of King, but I've also seen the work that he's done. And I, and I really think he should be heard, right? I'd like to hear what, the, what he has to say, but that's that's another conversation. So, so let's let's keep going. So, when you talk about this situation with Beyonce, Ivy Park, and who's choosing the models, I think that one question that needs to be asked is this: in the organization, who's making the decision of uh, regarding who's going to model uh, the, these clothes, right? You know, you're you're you're, you're marketing ethnic culture, you're marketing black culture to the rest of the world. Um, and you're deciding amongst all the thousands of models that apply for the job, uh, who picked the white girls? Who picked the pasty? These were not regular white people. The, this That white Russian lady, I mean, if you look at her face again, I'm not making fun of her, but it's true. She's kind of on the pasty side. Like she's kind of like looking like a, like a, a tuba crest right now. She's very pasty. And um, let me show you. Let me show you. Show her again so you can just see. You see, I'm not making this up. I'm not, I'm not being mean. She is. Look at her. She's kind of pasty. Like she needs some iron in her in her blood or something because she's a little bit maybe iron deficient. She needs to eat some green vegetables, right? So so she's kind of a pasty white lady, and they literally made her look like this gorgeous black woman. It's it's amazing. I mean, the technology is extraordinary. And so so here's the deal. So so you go and you you pick the pasty white woman to do this job that thousands of black women would have gladly done. Um, I think that that requires a little bit of explanation, right? I think it calls for people to kind of say. Okay, Beyonce, like what, what was going on here? Like what, what casting decision was made that led to this to occur? And, and how do we challenge you on that while still letting you know how much we love you? Because I love Beyonce. I love, I think Jay-Z's cool. That I have no problem with either one of them, but it does make you say, what's going on here? How are the decisions being made? Now, let me get to the key point on this here. This is why this is important. I want you to understand the dynamic here and why I'm, you know, as a finance PhD, why I'm talking about this issue of cultural appropriation, blackface, 
face in the steel in the black fashion. It's not because I'm into fashion. It's not because I don't know anything about Ivy Park clothes. I'm, I, you will never see me wearing an Ivy Park outfit on this podcast because I'm not into that. I buy my clothes at, I can get clothes at Walmart and be perfectly happy. I probably got the shirt at Walmart. So, so I am not a fashion guy. Don't trust me for fashion advice. I'm terrible at that. But I do know a little bit about economics. And I do understand that the, this linkage that I hope you'll, uh, you'll, you'll bear with me and observe here between the, the commodification of black culture and the reduction of black wealth. You see, the reason that black wealth is low and, and has not grown, even though you add so much value to the world, is because you have, as Dr. Claude Anderson mentions in Powernomics, have for hundreds of years engaged in what he refers to as the doctrine of unequal exchange. The doctrinal unequal exchange is basically this idea that everybody takes from you and they don't feel any obligation to give anything back to you. Uh, this is their fault for sure, but it's also your fault for allowing it to happen. It's your fault for focusing on the wrong thing instead of focusing on the right thing. Uh, uh, the doctrine of unequal exchange, one example of many thousands I could come up with that, that, that happens every day in your hood is when somebody from another community comes and sets up a store in the in the in the hood, you thank them for putting that store in the hood because you're like, good, I got a corner store now. I can go get my liquor, I can get my groceries, I can get a, a candy bar, right? But they're taking money from your community, but they would never allow you, they would never in a million years allow you to set up a store in their neighborhood, right? They can come in your neighborhood and collect money and take it home, right? They're not giving that money back, right? They're taking that money home. You can't go to their neighborhood and set up shop and take their money home. That's not allowed. The only way you're allowed to go get anything from their neighborhood is if you come in as an employee. That's the only way you're allowed to go to their neighborhood. Now, so so when you talk about this, let, let's lay out the dynamic here. I want to lay out the fixture here. Again, uh, no, no diss on Beyonce. I want to make sure this is 100% clear. I am not here to diss Beyonce. I'm not dissing Ivy Park on any level. This is just Dr. Boyce, Uncle Boyce, whichever guy you prefer you want to listen to today kind of breaking this down for you. So here's the deal. Uh, you got this company, Ivy Park, run by uh, a black icon named Beyonce, who was made famous by white people. White people paid the bills for her fame. White people and white corporations were the ones who put the 10 million, 20 million, 30 million behind Beyonce. So you know who she is. So they, so, so she, she, she's got black talent, black authenticity that was propped up and elevated by white owned media outlets. And so she becomes an icon for the black community. And as a result of that status, she's able to extract cultural authenticity from the black community to sell urban clothes to little white girls who are trying to be cool, right? All around the world. Good for her. Um, but one of the things you have to understand is that unfortunately, a lot of our black celebrities are in the same position as black politicians. Why do you, why do I make the comparison? Ask me, ask me now. Like, wh why, Boyce? Just say, why, Boyce? Or, or explain, Dr. Boyce. Ask me, ask me to explain. Ask me to explain. Okay. All right, good. Okay, I'm going to explain. Black celebrities are a lot like black politicians in this sense. If you look at a black politician, a black politician needs black people in order for them to, uh, to, to get into office, right? You need black votes, right? Uh, Stacey Abrams, people like that. They need black people to vote for them, right? But who is actually paying to get for them to get those votes? Who are their backers? Who are their financial backers? It's not black people. Black people, we ain't got a billion dollars to put somebody in office. Or we, at least that's not where we're going to put our money, right? 
No, this this is being funded by people from other communities. So if if I'm from another community and I'm thinking hmm, I want to get this Democrat elected uh, and I need black people to love this person. Uh, so I, I'm going to you know pull pull together a bunch of money and then pay for ad campaigns where I can market this person to black people so that black people will lend that person the validation they need to get into office. Right. So, we, you know, we're going to do a lot of, um, you know, campaigns. We're going to do booty to the polls, souls to the polls, a stroll to the polls. Voter die. We're going to do all kinds of catchy slogans to get black people to show up and vote so that we can get this person in the office. The problem is this. There is a weird uh, what they call um, uh, almost you can almost say it's a conflict of interest here in the sense that you, when you vote that person into office, you love them. Right. They become your hero, your icon. They, they pick our heroes for us. They use media and money to choose your heroes. So you embrace these people. You feel like they belong to you. You feel like they're from your community. You love them. Right. When really they've been marketed to you. Right. Like a TV show, like a different world, for example, is marketed. A lot of black folks embrace that show as if it's a black show. It's not a black show. It's a show that have black people that's owned by white people. Warner Brothers. The reason different world has never had a reunion is because Warner Brothers said we don't want a black a different world reunion. That's our show. Did you even know that they even patented Whitley's uh, country accent? Like Whitley Gilbert, the Jasmine guy, cannot even go out in public and pretend to be Whitley and use that country slang, you know, Dwayne, come here, Dwayne. Like she can't even do that or they'll sue her, right? So they own all of that, right? So effectively, a lot of times we make the mistake of believing that that which is marketed to us actually belongs to us or that person that's marketed to us is actually there to operate on our behalf when really, like anybody, they have to operate on behalf of their boss, right? Like you might be my little cousin, right? But if you're working at Burger King and I say, hey, cuz, you know, give me a couple burgers, right? And your boss is watching, you're not going to slip me no burger, right? You might try to slip me a burger when your boss ain't looking, right? But if your boss is watching, you can't give me a burger. And I can say, well, you're my cousin. Why wouldn't you give me a burger? You would say, no, because I'm wearing a Burger King uniform. I am operating on behalf of Burger King. I must do what Burger King tells me to do. So a lot of your celebrities uh, they have a boss. That's my point. Your politicians, they have a boss and they might be your little cousin in them. And you might think that they're there for you because they look like you and you're connected to them or, and you might even help them get the job, but they're not working for you. They're working for the people who pay the bills. So when you look at a celebrity, like a Beyonce. Let's go back to Beyonce here. No disrespect on Beyonce at all. This is just the point here. Look at Beyonce. Look at Ivory Park. The question that I always ask, again, maybe because I'm biased, I'm a financial guy, is I say, okay, who's paying the bills, right? Who's paying the bills? So when Ivy Park sells, you know, $100 million worth of merchandise, um, who's paying for that? Who's buying that, right? Are, are black people buying $100 million worth of Ivy Park merchandise every year? No, I don't. I don't think they are. I think that this stuff is being sold in China. It's being sold in Europe. It's being sold in in, in the white parts of it's so being sold in Idaho. Right. To little, little crusty white girls that want to try to be black. Right. Because being black is the coolest thing in the world. So another question you might ask yourself is when when Ivy Park as a company needs to do a capital expansion, they need 10 million dollars to build new store locations all across the country. Um, Who's paying that bill? Are black people the ones putting up that money? Or is somebody else putting up that money? Who's paying the bills? Right? It ain't you. It ain't you. So when you ask yourself, translate that. So when you look at, you know, who's making the decisions and why and what type of decisions they're making, they're going to make decisions typically on behalf of who's paying the bills. That makes sense. A lot of you do the same thing. If you got a boss and you get up and go to work every day, you don't decide what happens in your day. Your boss is going to decide what's going to happen in your day. That's what it is. It's life. It's it's we we're all we've all been stuck in that matrix, right? So so here's what I want to get to with this. 
The challenge with an Ivy Park, and this is where um, the Ivy Park Beyonce conversation gets complicated because we love Beyonce. I want to see her do well. I want to see her make a, a, a quadrillion dollars. I really do. Um, the challenge of the Beyonce Ivy Park situation is this. Beyonce is this beloved black figure, beloved by the black community. You look at her as a role model because she's got money and fame and things like that. Black people tend to love celebrities actually more than other cultures do. When they do marketing studies, they find that black people are more heavily influenced by celebrities than any other group of people. So you love Beyonce. And so Beyonce is is, is going to put some models in her ad and she's trying to sell urban culture. You're necessary. You're a necessary part of the process because you are the commodity. You supply the core commodity that she needs in order for the company to work. Without black culture, Ivy Park does not work. But you're not paying the bills. You supply the commodity, but you're not paying the bills. You see, the hood comes free. The commodification of black people is very easy. That's why you have a rapper that'll pull up in a Bentley, drive through the raggedy, most raggedy part of the hood. Anybody ever seen videos like that where a dude literally will be in a Bentley and be in the hood where everybody's starving and there's a bunch of little kids, little dirty kids just standing around. We got grown men on a bike, you know, sitting around looking like they're they waiting for their next meal or whatever. Like maybe they got $10 to be on the set that day, right? Because the hood is granting that wealthy entertainer their 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 credibility that they can then market to the world all right so 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 here's the deal right when you talk about the commodification of black culture um it becomes a mass extraction of black wealth uh in, in, because basically you know when 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 you have all the beauty and all the extraordinary things that are created by black men and black women right black women are are, are unlike any other on earth uh, you know that extraction becomes a net loss for black people Right. Because when people need you, when they need that that raw material, which is black culture, they're, they're always there. They're like, OK, I want to be in the hood because I want to learn what the hood's doing. I want to learn what the hood's wearing. I want to learn how the hood looks. Right. And then they will extract all that and then maybe go slap it on a white girl. When it comes time to hire somebody, they're hiring the white girl to wear the black makeup or to wear the black hairstyle or to do the, the little dances or whatever we come up with, right? Uh, the marketing director may not be a black person. The, the people that are buying the products, mo- many of them are not black. And so you kind of get dropped out of the process. So in a way, the way to really uh, uh, visualize what I'm saying here is imagine that you have an oil well in your black backyard, right? The oil well, that's black culture, right? Everybody needs the oil, right? And imagine that with this oil, you have a, a, a billion dollars worth of oil in the ground, and but you don't know how to drill it out. You can't drill it out and barrel it up and market it because you, you were never taught that. You were never taught how to go actually drill out the oil and go sell the oil. So the white man comes along and says, oh, I've got a drill. I, I'll buy, I'll spend 10 million on a drill. Oh, and I've also got distribution. I can get the oil distributed to gas stations all across the globe and I can actually monetize that oil, right? So the, the people that come through that drill for the oil, pull it out of the ground, put it in barrels, take it around the world and monetize it are the people who actually make the money from the oil, right? And and the thing about it is that a lot of your oil, uh, you, you, you allow people to come take it for nothing, right? Or when people come and steal your oil and you're like, wait a minute, that's my oil. You're getting rich off some, off of our commodity. Um, either you're seen as a hater, maybe because you, you know, everybody loves that person and they, they get mad at you for even critiquing any of this. Like, how dare you talk negative about Beyonce? Or they just don't understand enough about the process to even understand how we can do this without getting exploited. So here's what the solution is. You guys know I'm solution oriented and, uh, and I'm going to give you a solution right now. Before I move on, though, I want to remind you guys, don't forget that we are supporting the black owned film industry. 
industry. If you, this gives you a clue where I'm going. You guys know where I, what I believe in. I believe in black ownership of everything. So we actually support black owned filmmakers. And one thing that we're going to do on Thursday is we're having black movie night where we're having Mark Harris come through, who's going to actually show his new film stock options. It's actually not a new film, but it's a great film. Uh, so, so if you want to come see the movie, it's totally free. Go to blackmovienight.net. That's blackmovienight.net. The URL's right there on the screen. Go register now. It's right there. All right. So here's the solution, right? Um, here's the deal. Whether it's Beyonce or anybody else, uh, celebrities kind of have to be held accountable, right? And I think we can do this in a way where we're not bashing, not destroying, not being jerks about it, but just kind of helping them understand what it means to bring black people full circle into the process where you're not just showing up doing a hit it and quit it on the black community, right? Because a hit it and quit it is when you come and you utilize black culture and you package it, you get together with your white friends, y'all package it, you market it and you sell it to the world and black people don't get any of those profits, any of those benefits. If you are participating in that process, unfortunately, you could be accused of of, of repeatedly uh, engaging in the commodification of black people that led to us, for example, uh, having hip hop stolen right from under our nose, um, uh, which which led which leads to us, for example, allowing the NCAA to make a billion dollars a year off our athletes that allows the NFL and the NBA to make billions of dollars from our athletes when they could easily start their own league. So part of it. Part of the onus is on us, right, to become investors, to become owners, and to build a culture of entrepreneurship. So we're actually, you know, we, we see the oil in the ground. We learn how to drill it out. We learn how to package it, distribute it, and market it. We learn how to monetize it, right? The development of industry, that's extremely important. But then the other part of it comes when you're talking to those celebrities who have leverage with those from other communities who want to come in and take advantage of the opportunity. So what you say to a Beyonce is you say something like this. You say, look, okay. We, we, we are totally cool with you using our culture, but, but we've got to know that we're included in the process full circle. So according to this, this annoying asshole on the internet by the name of Dr. Boyce Watkins, um, there is a way to include black people in the whole process where everybody wins. You win, you and Blue Ivy get paid, Jay-Z gets paid, Ivy Park gets paid, but we get paid too. Here's what you do. An economy is broken up into three major components. You got a market for capital, a market for customers, and a market for contractors. What does that mean? Well, capital market means that uh, every business project has to be funded by something. So, you know, so when you and Jay Z are making business deals and you're deciding what projects you want to fund and and where you want to put your big money, your millions of dollars. Um, it's okay if every now and then you're still doing what you're doing before, like investing in some in the you know in a startup company created by some nerdy white boy in Silicon Valley, right? You're writing him a ten million dollar check because you want to get in on the deal, right? You want to be part of the next Uber or whatever. That's cool. But we have great businesses in the black community too that could also use a check for ten million dollars, right? We don't just want the ch the charity. A lot of celebrities think they're helping the black community by just doing charity. When they, when they write the big boy checks, they're writing those checks to white people. When they're writing the little baby checks, they're writing those checks to black people. Because black people as a community are not seen as serious economic players. You're not seen as people that you want to do business with. You're seen almost like children. I, you don't do business with a child. You give a child $5 and say, here, go buy you some candy. With, with grownups, you write the big checks and you make you actually make the big investments. So uh, when I look at Jay-Z's portfolio and I look at the things that he gets involved with, and I, and I love it, I think it's all great. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how many big boy checks he writes 
with with black owned businesses, right? I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying that that um I'm, I'm not saying that uh that what uh that, that Beyonce is not doing that. I'm not saying that at all. I had a really long conversation six years ago with a guy who told me that he was Beyonce's tour manager, that he he managed all the tour locations and everything. And he spent a lot of time seeking to convince me that Jay-Z and Beyonce really care about the black community. And I totally believed him. But at that time, my argument was that a man is not and a woman is not defined by what you believe. You're defined by what you do. I don't care what you believe. All I care about is what you actually do. So uh, so so after that, though, Jay-Z released 444. He's released a great song about black entrepreneurs. Beyonce's done a lot of great work. I think that they really care. So so when I present these ideas, I'm not laying it out there as a criticism. I'm laying it out there to say, how do we really make sure black people get 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 in on the deal? Because here's the problem. You have a lot of successful black people and their success does not translate to the black community. Uh, their success is not multiplied. It's not scaled up. It's not distributed and allocated. It doesn't spread in a positive way. It's like one person sitting there, one shining light of prosperity in the middle of tremendous economic despair. Right. That that that's not that's not that's not what an e economy looks like. That's not what a strong economic model looks like. Prosperity is supposed to breed prosperity It's supposed to spread like coronavirus. Right. So 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 the question is, how do you make the prosperity spread? Well, one way is think about where you're writing the big boy checks when you're doing real business and you're writing big checks to do big projects. Um, are you writing those checks? to businesses that are rooted in the black community, run by black people, or do you write the big boy checks with the white boys and then write black people the little $50,000 donation to the United Negro College Fund? The next uh, part of the economy is this, the market for contractors, aka a labor market. When you're hiring and you run a company and you're hiring thousands of people or hundreds of people, um, are you really doing all you can to make sure that the majority of those people are black? Right. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, uh, I, I say racist, but I, I, that word gets thrown around a lot. But it doesn't mean you have to necessarily cut people out completely. But I think that there has to be a conversation where you say, you know, we have to really root this in the hood. We have to put our corporate office in the hood and hire people right out of that community and make sure that when we're that we're doing things that are biased in favor of the black community so that. Well, we're writing, you know, doing a million dollars a month in payroll. Most of that payroll is going to black people because every time somebody's getting a good paycheck, you're changing somebody's life. You're changing the life of a whole family. Right. The third market is your market for customers. Right. When you're buying products, are you buying black or are you buying something else? Right. That's another easy one. So so when, when I would if I were to talk to, say, a Beyonce or a Jay-Z, I would I would look at Ivy Park and I would say, OK, um, we know white folks are going to be in here somewhere, right? You can't just run around saying that you're never going to even consider hiring anybody else because you're, you're in that world. We get that, right? And, uh, and you don't have to be resentful of that. But I think that there's a way where you can target the Death Star, so to speak, meaning target your economic engine in such a way that it really hits the heart of the black community in, in a multitude of ways that you're not just, you know, sort of leaning toward black people. And, and, and I'm not talking about the masses, not the individual, the masses. I mean, everybody can name a couple of black people they've helped out here and there. They, they, I'm sure they help their family members. I'm sure they have some black people on their team. But I think getting away from these models where you see one black celebrity surrounded by like 40 white people. I don't know if you all saw that, but Sierra and uh, her husband, Russell Wilson, they, they took a picture and they the, the, in the picture, they had their whole team of, of representatives that were with one of the agencies. I don't know if it was William Morris or the other one. And every single person in that picture was white. Right. Every single person was white. Right. So the question is, is, is that celebrity willing or capable of doing the hard work necessary to make sure there's a, a lot more black faces in that picture? 
right? And and when you talk about what it means to really do something for the black community, what does that actually look like? Like, can you specifically define what it means to help the black community? I, you know, a, a scholarship here and there, that's nice. A, a donation here and there, that's nice. But you cannot build a community on charity. You can only build a community on industry. You also can't build a community by doing everything for them. You build a community by teaching them to do things for themselves. So, for example, if you watch a documentary like Poverty, Inc., Poverty, Inc. is a great documentary that explains exactly how um, we keep African countries in poverty by doing charity for them. And you might say, well, how is charity keeping them in poverty? Well, because charity doesn't help you do anything. Charity doesn't help you develop industry. Charity is giving you fish and it's delivering a couple of fish to you every every week, but it's never teaching you how to fish. It's never helping you own the land that the pond is on, right? When really, if I really want to help you, I help you in a way where I say, okay, let me help you get some land that has a pond on it. And let me also come in with a team of people to teach you how to fish. You see, because if I don't teach you anything and I don't elevate you by teaching you and providing you with capital, then basically what I'm doing is I'm allegedly helping you, but I'm helping you in a way that makes sure that I can also enslave you. Let me give you an example. Uh, The Chinese, when the Chinese go to Africa, the Chinese are doing all kinds of stuff in Africa. They're building roads. They're digging for all kinds of minerals. they're, 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 They're creating all kinds of infrastructure there, doing all kinds of stuff in China. Check this out. In most countries where the Chinese operate in Africa, they do not, do not, I repeat, do not allow their engineers to go over there to teach the Africans what they're doing. They do not teach the African people how to do what they're doing. They don't teach, they'll build a railroad and they won't teach them how to maintain it. They'll they'll go build all kinds of buildings or whatever. They won't teach them how to do what they're doing. They'll bring all kinds of technology. They'll say, we can't tell you, this is a secret that's preserved in China. Well, why are they doing that? They're doing that because they're trying to preserve their interests. They're trying to make sure they, they make, make keep themselves relevant in the process, right? They don't want Africans to become independent of them because well, why, why should they, right? They don't love them. So it's really not up to the Chinese to decide to become nice people and start giving away key technology, right? It's up to the Africans to negotiate a little bit better and to say, look, if you're going to come in our hood and you're going to come take our resources and you're going to come and do business here, we're glad to have you here. We'd love to have you as a partner, but here are some conditions. You must teach us every single thing you're doing. You must give us access to all of your technology and information. You must help us develop. You must give us capital so we can build schools with thousands and thousands of engineers that can learn how to do exactly what you're doing in our country. So therefore, that means that if you decide to bounce out and drop the ball and leave us behind, we can still keep this thing going, right? You know, but so so independence and freedom is something you actually have to fight for. It's not something you can beg for. So with in the case of a Beyonce, um, I don't think Beyonce or Jay-Z or Ivy Park or any of these people have anything against the black community. So you're not necessarily dealing with an enemy here. You're dealing with uh, an ally who is working with someone who is an enemy, right? Or not an enemy, a competitor. How about this? An adversary. Adversary is better than enemy because I don't think we have to be ad- nasty here, right? But you're dealing with people that um, care about you, I believe but they have to be shown how to care about you. And in order for, in order to make somebody care about you, it's like when I talk to my daughter about boys, I say, you know, with men, you got to teach a man how to treat you, right? You ain't got to be mean to him, but you got to let him know that we have standards here. We have expectations here, right? If, if, if you're going to get something out of me, I got to get something out of you. Uh, I got to get something out of the deal. If I'm going to lay down with you or do whatever it is you want me to do, I'm not just going to do it just because I'm glad you're here. So when black people see celebrities or anybody else, um, that are using black cultural capital. This goes back to Beyonce and the whole blackfish you know, situation, Ivy Park, all that. When they see a celebrity using black cultural capital to go out and make a trillion dollars with white people, 
that's fine. Congratulate them. But after you congratulate them, you say, okay, we're still, we're going to have a few standards here that ensure that you're not the only one who's winning. It's okay for you to go make your money, but we need to all be making money together. And you have to show evidence of that. And the evidence you show uh, is going to let us know that we, we've entered into the right situation and not yet another example of the commodification of Black people. Black people are the ultimate commodities. It's like if America is a car, you are the oil, you are the gasoline, you are the engine. And you need to stop doing that. You need to be the owner of the car. You need to be the driver of the damn car. Stop being the gasoline, the oil, and the engine, and then bragging about how you were the oil that in a car that was driven by somebody else that took their kids to school and your kids are still walking on the side of the road because you chose to be somebody else's engine. That's not cool. That's not appropriate. That's inappropriate behavior. We should not be bragging about that. Like, so even politically, we shouldn't be bragging about helping somebody win an election if we can't also prove or show direct evidence of things that we received in exchange for, for helping them. If, you, uh, if you're bragging about how you help somebody and you can't tell me how they helped you, then that means you're a sucker. That means you, you're a complete sucker. That's like me bragging about how much money I spent at the store and I ain't got nothing in the car to show for it. I done gave away the family savings that at Walmart. And I'm like, baby, I gave them a whole thousand dollars. And she's like, okay, well, where's your stuff? What did you get for the thousand dollars? Well, I didn't get nothing. They, they said, thank you. They, that, that makes me look stupid. Right? So when you have people whether it's in politics or economics, proud that we, that we did this for this person and did that for that person and, and, and contributed to this and contributed to that, and we don't have anything to show for it, then you have to ask yourself, are you mentally ill? Like what, what's, what, what is wrong with you? What, what brain cells are you missing in your head that make you think that this makes any sense whatsoever? And why would you do all these things and then turn around and be very surprised when everybody's getting ahead except you, you know, white folks getting ahead, white folks always going to be winning, right? We know this Asian people are winning. Uh, your black celebrities are winning. Your black politicians are winning, but is the black community winning? The answer is no. Right. And in order to make that answer turn into a yes, it's going to be on us to decide that we're going to change the standard. Do you get what I'm saying? Give me a yes and no in the chat if you follow what I'm saying. I hope this was 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 taking the spirit it was intended. It's not a diss on Beyonce. I think Beyonce is awesome. Ivy Park, it's a great brand. I think that's cool. But I think this is a great opportunity to really talk about how your wealth kind of gets snuck out the back door. And that's why black wealth is disappearing. And, and you can't see it because a lot of times you don't understand what exactly is going on, right? We got to play the game above the rim. We got to play chess, not checkers. And this is an example of a situation that seems to be completely unrelated to wealth, but it's directly related to exactly why black people are losing everything. All right. So I'm out of here, guys. And just a reminder, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. And this week, actually, we're doing in the Black Business School, we're doing Black Real Estate Weekend. Uh, feel free to join us. Uh, go to blackrealestateweekend.com. Uh, we're covering all areas of real estate, everything from buying your first house to multifamily property to commercial property to uh, tax lien selling uh, to becoming a real estate agent, all that stuff. So uh, join us. It starts um, on the 19th. It's going to be awesome. Uh, go to blackrealestateweekend.com. We have a ton of experts coming through. So don't figure out... You don't have to do all this by yourself. The Black Business School is here for you. We're built for the community, sustained by the Black community. And all we care about is Black people and Black wealth. We're not doing diversity and multicultural and people of color. No, no, we're, we're Black. We're Black. That's what we are. That's it. And we're not apologizing for that. So uh, feel free to join us, uh, blackrealestateweekend.com. That's the URL. I'm out of here, guys. Have a good night. I'm going to eat me some pizza with the kids. I'll talk to you later. Be good. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. 
Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.